Zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours! Hello, and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I talk to comedians and other creators, although let's be fair, it has just been comedians, about the best and worst jobs that they've had to do to get by. Today, I'm joined by comedian Tom Little. Hello! How are you, Catherine? <laughs> well, very well. How are you? Not bad. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but I will anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the sake but of the comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> how uh, how's the pandemic been treating you? All right, fine. Just you know, pressing on. Uh, yeah. Not much has happened. Just no. uh, been making a lot of uh, like stupid videos for for yeah, Twitter. Good. Uh, thanks, thanks. Uh, it's it's funny that I'm 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 conscious as of, as as I'm doing them and I'm spending I'm getting further and further away from when you used to perform to an audience that were there and you could like yeah. test out an idea and if it worked you could go a bit further with it. Now I think I'm just doing like something that seems kind of weird even to me and I'm thinking is this funny at all? Or have I just put a lot of effort into something that <laughs> that's just <laughs> weird. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I think that your efforts haven't been in vain. No, yeah, thank, thank you very much. Good. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I particularly like your uh, your perfume advert. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that, uh, that was. I enjoyed that. One. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think that that is what all perfume adverts should be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I did play it in the office, and uh, and I was like, this isn't this isn't the place for that. And I was like, Touche. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> colleagues <laughs> yeah um yeah well i mean i i'm sorry that uh you know the pandemic's happened uh to you specifically oh. <laughs> and, and the same back to you yeah it really has and in a way to everyone else as well <laughs> well <it's> those guys <laughs> yeah yeah oh well, um it was it i mean this is the new year's day uh, what's well, so, I mean, Happy New Year mm-hmm. as well. Oh, uh, yes, but Happy New Year. Yeah, hopefully this year will be uh, bad, just in different ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, at the time of recording, yesterday was the first day of vaccines, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. So, so I mean, who knows? It could all be sorted by the time this goes out. Everything could be fine. Yeah, it could be quite retro. Yeah. Yeah. But I hope so. <laughs> Unlikely, though, <laughs> <or> realistically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's tricks. probably still something going on. <laughs> yeah, if it's not uh, the pandemic, it'll be Brexit, won't it? Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll cl- cross that yeah. flaming bridge <laughs> when we come to it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we should get down to business. Yep. Uh, oh. What's your worst job ever been? My worst job ever, uh, I worked in a fish factory for a, a bit. So I don't think that needs much explanation. No, no, I, I think, you know, <laughs> already that sounds... You know it's not going to be good, doesn't it? No one, no one thinks... It's not a job that's worse than you expect. Everyone expects it to be pretty bad, you know? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, that, that was... So were you... Were you making fish? No, uh, it was quite lucky. I think in terms of the jobs, you could have a fish factory. It wasn't that bad because uh, it was all all the fish was already frozen when it came to us. It was all, you know, for all 
to link it back to Brexit and all the talk about uh, the fishing industry, the the fish in the fish factory I worked in was like fished in Thailand or somewhere and <laughs> was frozen by the time it got got to, got to Britain. Um, but basically, there was a, uh, I was on the I was, I was on the fish cakes aisle at least once, but I was mainly on the prawn uh, production line, where basically all, all that would happen is big like sacks of frozen prawns would come in, and it was our job to get them from sacks to be uh, in the plastic trays that you'd buy. Oh, okay. So they were like, so you weren't having to. No, oh, you were having to like gut fish. No, I wasn't having to gut them or shell them or anything myself. They're all frozen. It was just it was just the packaging. So oh, okay. So basically, there were a few. It was a production line thing, and there were a few different jobs you could do on the production line. And the best job was when you'd get a sack of prawns and it'd be frozen solid, so you'd have to put it on a funnel and then hit it with a hammer and then get cut the bag open with a Stanley knife and then pull the bag away, and then it would like fall down to the funnel where it would go along the machine, and that was the best yes. job. And you did that for like, I can't remember if it was like eight or 12 hours, but it was that. <laughs> it sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, smashing shit up. And I suppose as well, it's kind of hard to feel empathy for a prawn. Yeah, yeah. It? Yeah, it's an easy one to just forget it's alive, you know, or was alive. Unlike something with a head, you know, or a face, yeah. it's just a, a thing, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're looking into a cow's face. No, that that would be worse, like... I think, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the family you left behind. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you, you, oh. I, I, you feel like prawns probably don't have that kind of emotional bond that they don't really... I mean, I could be wrong, but I imagine prawns don't really care that much what happens to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, beyond a, a base, you know, I don't want to die. Well, even then, I feel like if you're a prawn, what are you living for, really? You know, <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where do you, what do you enjoy about being a prawn, I feel like? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know what prawns do. No, well, I don't. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe you know, maybe they do lead full active lives, and you know, what I said then was horrible. But you know, yeah, maybe. I, I, I felt no guilt about being part of the <laughs> production line. <laughs> I'll say that I just didn't care about. Them. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we're gonna get people writing. Yeah, it yeah. Well, like, I'll have you know, <laughs> prawns can feel more emotions than humans. <laughs> Yeah, where do they, which bit of the sea do they even live in? Um, I don't know, but but like I say, I don't think these were. I don't think they were prawns like from the British coast. You know, it was from somewhere on like the other side of the world. I think they'd yeah. been all over these prawns. That you know, they'd travelled better travelled than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd, you know. and there's something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even, can you say that you're well travelled if the travelling happened after you were dead, though? Well, <laughs> I don't think you can say you're well travelled. It could be said about you. That's true. Once you're dead, you can't claim to be well travelled. Then you know you could say you're going to be well travelled when you're still alive. But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you had the opportunity to be well travelled. Mm. But you were dead. Yeah. Well, I'd take We'd... it. You know, <laughs> there was a there was a story. Genuinely, um, oh, I can't remember what it was. There was something. It was on. It was on QI, I think. But there was someone who would 
Ugh. This is a funny story, but I so vaguely remember it. It's not going to sound like anything. It was, some, it, was, it was something to do with, like, someone who... Like, during the Second World War, someone who died, his body was then used as, like, a diversion or something. I can't, I can't remember what they did with him. But it was like, like he was somehow used to win the Second World War. <laughs> I'm massively missing gaps in that story. So... I can, I can only apologise to your listeners that that, that feels... It was like, I remember thinking there was an episode of QI where they discuss someone who died and it was like a weekend at Bernie-style fast that somehow helped defeat Hitler. But I, I've completely forgotten what it was and I don't have the imagination to piece together what that could have been. But it was, <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah, Dead yeah. man wins war. Yeah, yeah. But if, you know, if if you could... If they said... If, if they you were given that opportunity, you could either be buried or cremated or your body could be used... To be like, I don't know, put up like a mannequin in like Home Alone to distract Nazis so they think there's a person there when it's just you being dead. You know, you'd take it, wouldn't you? That's... Oh my God, yeah. yeah. 100% every time. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just because we are, um, and, and I hope you don't uh, take offence at me <laughs> saying this, but attention-seeking comedians. <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> yeah. Like... Maybe not everyone... <laughs> Is as interested in the idea of being being used as a mannequin after death as I am. But, yeah. <laughs> Any and all exposure, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. So, what was the worst part? So, the best job was smashing up the prom. Well, that was the best part of the worst job. Yeah. The 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 yeah. The worst. The worst job. The worst part of the job was. No one ever knows what I'm talking about here, but if you know if you buy like uh, prawns or most kinds of like frozen meat and it's in like a plastic tray, there's, yeah. no, there's normally like a sort of white papery pad at the bottom of the tray, if you can imagine. Yeah. And it's there to like absorb moisture. Yeah. If, if, you, you'll, if, you don't, if people don't know what I'm talking about, you'll notice it next time you buy prawns or anything. So the bottom of the tray is like a, a, a moisture absorbing pad. And they're put in by hand, you know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You'd think that there was a, a machine that put them in, but I don't think they can get the. They can make a machine that does that because of the friction. They stick together. So, right. um, what happens is, there's the big sheet of plastic, and a, a, a like a, a a metal press comes down to mold it into nine separate trays, and then a human yeah. person stands and uh, hands puts nine absorbent pads in the nine trays and then it moves on and you just do it again all day and the reason it's bad is because it's that fast that you really have to do it you can't slow down at all you've got to do it at a regular pace get it right and um as you 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 find as you like leaning forwards to the ones that are furthest away from you and then having to lean back to the ones that are closest to you you're sort of rocking back and forth over and over and I know that doesn't sound like anything, but if you rock back and forth just slightly for like eight hours, your back really starts to hurt. <laughs> as, yeah. As you, you know, just because uh, you're having to move in such a, a strict set way to keep doing this thing. You know, it, it's, not, it's really boring, but physically as well, you know, it has like a physical effect on you. And while that's happening, the machine itself is just like making this screaming noise that you have to wear ear protection for. There's like a loud noise and then like a... Uh, like a high-pitched scream that uh, sounds like the machine needs oiled. Like it doesn't sound like it should make that noise. It sounds like it's broken. That it's making that noise. So, yeah. you, so for the for the shift, you just 
in the same regular motion every 30 seconds while the screaming going on, then that's that's the worst part of the job. Yeah, but, is that know, like the souls of all the prawns? Possibly. <laughs> that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be it. But but yeah, and uh, it's, all, it's all for an absorbent pad that most people never think about or notice. But, you know. But no, ne- we'll, next, ta- next we'll time now. you... Yeah, well, exactly. So I always say to people, next time you see an absorbent pad in some frozen meat or fish, think of me. Cause, <laughs> Rocking. Because people like me put them there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Because that sounds like the worst of both worlds, because mm. it's both boring and physically taxing. Yeah, yeah. And you smell as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. This... So no popping out. No, no, from no, work. no. How... How long does that smell linger? Um, I mean, obviously, you'd shower after work straight away, but it would still be on your clothes, so you'd have to wash your clothes as well. Otherwise, you'd... Yeah. So, it won't go without showering and washing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be honest, you know you know how you, you can't really smell yourself as well as other people can smell you? So, like, yeah, I didn't feel like I smelled all the time after working, but I think I might have done, you know, I'm, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I only did this job for one summer, and I was going to do it again the next summer, but my parents talked me out of it and were, were quite honest about the <laughs> fact that they didn't like, they didn't appreciate how much I smelled when I worked there, you know. Of, you know. <laughs> and fair enough. Well, yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is if, you want, if you want to live in a world where people eat fish, you know, you've got to, Except that some people smell of, you know, frozen prawns all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you get to take them home? Yeah? No, I, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I probably could have done if I wanted to, like, have like, sneak some frozen prawns in my pockets and just let them defrost on the bus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I was never that hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But the thing, I only asked about the spell because, like, I once stayed in a hostel yeah. in Edinburgh. Yeah. And, like, I I don't know what they'd done to the sheets, but like it smelled of bleach and other people's sweat. And I had a shower in the morning, and the smell just didn't go from my skin. Mm. And other people a hundred percent could smell it. Yeah. And to this day, I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, appalling. Yeah, yeah, it's grim. I mean. I've been in hostels where you've come in and there's a bit of smell. It's so bad, and you think has someone trapped themselves while while here? Because it's you know I I understand it's a room full of men just you know just farting and not being unself conscious about it. But even so, by that standard, that is you know I I know what a fart smells like, and that is not <laughs> that is too much. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're appalling, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was for the stand. Oh, yeah, right. I, I, so I, I did like I toured the northwest, yeah. northeast, and Scotland, mm. and it rained solid, and I was so unwell when I got yeah. home. <laughs> it's from mm. being cold and uh, around people. Yeah. Um. Not a problem these days, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you miss it now, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> well, exactly. Well, we wouldn't yeah. give <laughs> to settle down. But, <laughs> A troubled night sleep amongst eighteen strangers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 
That sounds like an appalling job. Mm, yeah. What is the next, the next baddest? Oh, the next baddest. Um. Uh. Well, the 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 next worst, and I in a way it wasn't that bad. In a, I could look at it the other way and say it was one of the best as well. Um, because okay. it was, you know, it was it was good and bad in different ways. But I used to um, do like television extra work for a bit, just oh, okay. not not in any kind of like naive career ambition way. I didn't expect to get famous from doing extras work just because I, I lived near Media City uh, and yeah. and figured that would be and and I didn't have a I only had a, a, a like a, a zero hours contract at my real job. So I thought that was a way to pick up some extra shifts, an easy way, yeah. easy way to get some money. Um, but as I say, I lived, I lived within walking distance of Media City. If I was ever at Media City, I'd just walk there rather than drive. I was that close to it. But how the extras work worked was there was, I got I just rang an, an agent up and said I'd do it. Uh, um, and but then every shift she offered me wasn't any. For anywhere near Media City, it was always always being offered uh, work at uh, like Hollyoaks or for like a, a period drama. It was filmed somewhere in Yorkshire, you know. So that was you know, I, the, the, and 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 at that time I didn't have a car, so to be on Hollyoaks, which you know it was only like a forty-five minute drive, but it meant the Hollyoaks is filmed. It's set in Chester, but it's filmed in Liverpool. Um, I think so, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, it is, because I was there. Um, <laughs> uh, I know it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's filmed in Liverpool. So um, to get there on time meant, like, getting up at, like, five o'clock in the morning, you know, to get a... Uh, and walking 20 minutes to a train station to get the train to drop off, because it's not in, like, it's not in, the set, it's not in Lime Street, it's in one of the s- smaller stops on the way there. It's only, yeah. like... W- one yeah something. yeah 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 somewhere like that where there's only like one train an hour so you have to get there and then, and then like a a 20 minute walk from the train station so it meant getting up at like five o'clock in the morning and by the time you've spent and like 20 quid on the train ticket as well we saw like already you know for that for you know oh that means you know the whatever the shift paid is suddenly a lot longer day and less money so that that's a pain uh, but and and at the same time, you think, and I bet there's people from Liverpool making the same journey to be in Coronation Street. You know that that was yeah. what did, that's what did my head in. That I was local to where they filmed Coronation Street, and I was still having this inconvenient journey to be on Hollyoaks all the time, or as I say, like uh, like a village in Yorkshire to be in a period drama or something. Which you know, uh, and that was a, a pain to get to. Um, and all, all the time, I just went to be in Coronation Street. I was only in Coronation Street the one time. The whole I did, I did it. Um, but uh, but anyway, so so the, re- the re- it was it was good in a way because it's just easy, you know. You're just hanging around most of the day. You don't have to do anything, uh, and you still get paid, and you still get fed at most of the places. Uh, though Hollyoaks doesn't feed you. I'm gonna what? I'm go- that's the I'm gonna I'm gonna shame Hollyoaks for this now because because most of the other sets, you know, there's like uh, a lot, you know, a, a meal that's like included free for you, uh, but Hollyoaks isn't. You have to pay for your own food at the canteen or bring sandwiches or whatever which which seems like outrageous when you've got used to it from other places but um yeah. well yeah so Hollyoaks is the cheapest uh show to work on that I, that I worked on um but uh not only that what happened was after I'd done it a while 
Uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd obviously take a book because you, you you could just sit and read until until they ask you to be in a scene. So yeah. so mentally, I'm always like never wanted to be in a scene. I'd sort of like think, don't pick. <laughs> Don't pick me. I'm just here to sit here and read my book and get get paid, and then I'm leaving. You know, I never wanted. I I had no interest in actually being on the television, but I didn't say that to anyone. I, I didn't think that like came across. You know, I wasn't rude or anything, but um, like when the person would would uh, would come and like pick who to be in a scene, I'd like be like psychically telling him like, "Don't pick me. Pick somebody else. I don't want to be bothered." You know, uh, and and I, and I say just psychically thinking this. I don't know what I did. But then, uh, genuinely, this is true, uh, one shift, uh, my agent that I had, that, as I say, wasn't like a proper agent, it was just a person from the extra agency, she emailed me and said, what did you do at Oliox? Because <laughs> they've just told me that you were like that uh, moody. That they never want you back. Oh. <laughs> so, so, like, I genuinely saw... So yeah, that seemed like that, like ungrateful to be there. That um, that they never wanted me back. So I just think so. That's true. That, that on Hol- I've been on Hollyoaks, not acting on Hollyoaks, just playing an extra. Just, just where the only job is to physically be a person. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be a. You just have to take up space on camera. And I've been fired <laughs> from that. <laughs> so, oh man! <laughs> so, so I feel like in terms of failures you can have, that's you know to not succeed, just being a thing. <laughs> just an item of sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I felt that was a that was a low point in my career. <laughs> that's incredible because mm. you you seem like quite quite an amicable. Well, yeah, uh, that's individual. the thing. I, you know, I, so I, I I don't know. Maybe I I, can't, I just I must have had a had like a I must have been in a mood. But as I, said, <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> I guess I must have had like a, a moody face that day. I don't know. Yeah, rest in bitch first. Yeah, 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 likely. Yeah, before it was called that. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was your uh, Coronation Street uh, uh, appearance? The, the Coronation Street one, Coronation. yeah, that was um, much better because, you know, I, I, could, I could just walk there. It was, but disappointingly, it was a, it was an, it was a scene that wasn't filmed on Coronation in the main Coronation Street set. It was ah. like, yeah, so it wasn't like, it weren't in the roves or anything, I was good. It, it, it was, I think the storyline was that uh, Kevin and Anna, no, I don't think Kevin was in there, uh, the character called Anna was going speed dating or something. So yeah. it was it was uh, filmed in a bar, actually, yeah. in Manchester. So it was, it, was, it was still neat to be in Coronation Street, but you, you weren't, you weren't on the iconic sets or anything. So it was it was it was it was a little disappointing, you know. Yeah. But and I hope you vocalised that. Well, no, I know I'd learned from then. <laughs> I made sure <laughs> not to say anything. I didn't want to mess it up, you know. But but I, but I was always hoping that I'd you know get more uh, another Corrie Street gig, but I never did. It was just that one. So. Oh, man. Did you did you ever go on the on the tour? Did you ever get on? To yeah, the when I was when I was uh, not as extra work, but when I was a kid, it used to be like. Like Granada World or something. <laughs> that was a, like if people won't know this, people won't know this. It won't believe, but it was, it was like a, a tourist day out thing that you could go. You could go. Did you, I, mean, I think you went yourself. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. You could go and look around in there. So, fond, yeah, mem- we fond went, memories of that. We went for my mate's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we were the only people there that weren't either a grandma or yeah. a child. Yeah. <laughs> how, how old <laughs> we were just, you then? <laughs> oh, I mean, we must have been like, I don't know, 25 or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was because they were moving the set to Media City, mm. weren't they? So yeah. they were like, come and have a look around the old set. And uh, yeah, it was a very good day out. Highly yeah. recommend it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if you can go. Uh, we re- yeah. recreated uh, the death scene. What was she called? Michelle Keegan, when she got pushed off the top of the oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> mm. balcony. Yeah. Great day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there... Um, what what other titles were you in? Anything that uh, excited I, you? The, the one the one that I was most excited in I was I was I was on an extra for cucumber. Um, oh, yeah. If you saw that, it was a uh, thing a few years ago. It was uh, Russell, Russell T Davis drama that, that was filmed in Manchester. Um, and uh, and uh, obviously that was like a one uh, serious thing. So that when it was being filmed, didn't know what it was really. But with her, it was a. a a drama from the writer of uh, Queer as Fuck. Um, so I imagine that'd just be, you know, just a man walking down the street in Manchester. That, that's what I'm expecting to be. But when I got there, it was um, uh, a flashback to the 1980s in a in a uh, in a in a in a gay nightclub. In <laughs> so, like, so I got, you know, I was assuming I'd uh, just be like in my normal clothes, just playing a person, whereas no, I'm explicitly playing it. Explicitly playing an eighties gay man, so that was yeah. you know, so it meant like yeah. I, had, I had like a costume and everything. So like they like quiffed my hair up, and I looked like um, so when it's sort of like flowery shirt with no sleeves. You know, I like to think I I, I was thinking if um, Erasure was like that wasn't who <laughs> I didn't ask to look like Erasure, but that's who I that was the character I told myself that I was playing and playing the guy from Erasure. Um, yeah. So so then. Um, uh, and that was filmed in a, in one of the real, uh, I don't know, I don't know which one, but one of the real gay nightclubs in Manchester. Uh, and, you know, so we were just uh, dancing around to um, sisters uh, are doing it for themselves. You yeah. know, co- completely sober at like three o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. <laughs> and, you know, and for me, you know, uh, this, will, this will seem very off brand, but I was quite shy as a teenager, if you can believe that. Um, but, uh, I know, unbelievable. Right? So I just thought, wow, you know, who would have thought that I would now be <laughs> dancing around, you know, with these strange men <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon, dressed like this? And I, and I really got into it as well, you know, because I just thought I'm not going to be remotely embarrassed. I'm just going to go for it. And you know, you know, there, there was yeah. like a you know director. The director like said, I want you to dance like this, and he danced around like that. So I just danced as enthusiastically as, as him, uh, and. And like then as I was doing it, like a few a few of the other lads there seemed like a bit more awkward. And he said, "Well, like more like this guy, and like as if I was the best one, and like like moved me moved me to be like closer in camera, so that I was definitely in shot." So I thought, oh, I've, yeah. "I've done this. This is like this is the best. This is my easily the highlight of my extras work. You know, this is where, as I said, I said before, that this could even be one of my best worst jobs or my best jobs because this was one of the the best days. I was thrilled with how how well this went." Um, but then I watched. Then when I watched Cucumber, they edited me out. No, I, I know the the whole eighties uh, flashback scene was part of like a montage of uh, one character's like whole life, like and and the, the the that nightclub scene that we were there all day to film ended up being like five seconds of. <laughs> I 
it seemed amazing how much money they must spend on five seconds of shot. Uh, and I wasn't even in it. So I was, oh, I was gutted. Man. I know. Get the highs and I know, lows. I know. Oh, that's appalling. Mm. But it does sound like a very fun day. It was a fun day. Oh, yeah. It was, as a day at work goes, that was, that was fun. And, and yeah. you know. And I'm, and I'm sure we got fed as well, you know. Unlike yeah. on Hollyoaks to have another dig at them. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that sounds great. So, like, I were you in many costumes? I fucking love dressing up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I can't remember the names of the period dramas, but, uh, you know, like, you know, 18th century stuff, um, where, you know, like, wearing, like, a top hat and, like, old clothes and, you know, trousers with braces on. Uh, yeah. It was in, like, a, it was like an army uniform, for one thing. Uh, yeah. Got the dress up. That was fun. <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. Put, Living a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put like mud on your face as well to be on like a, a period drama. I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if, if it's mud, but, they, but you know, it, it is. It is just like that. they rub dirt onto your face deliberately, which I suppose not that people ever did that in the in the past on purpose. I don't think, but it seems. I suppose if you never showered, that's what you'd look like. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean the hygiene facilities were yeah, not what exactly, they are yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that because you were always playing like a street urchin mm, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it to be. Because yeah, uh, you do have a, a, a 1980s gay man slash street urchin mm, yeah. vibe. That's my that's my vibe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so everyone it. says on the, on the circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people even can't if people can't remember the name. They just say who's that you know 80s gay street urchin guy, and is it Tom Little? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That <laughs> he does the videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, so I always think that, like, you know, you're saying about uh, the uh, being a shy teen. I always think, wouldn't it be nice to just take one little clip of your adult life <laughs> and just send it back yeah, to, yeah. like, your teenage self? Yeah. <laughs> dancing. That would be one to send, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. The, like, no contact. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That'd be uh, incredible. Uh, mm. So, have you any other terrible on the terrible jobs list? Um, or shall we try and go for nice jobs? Yeah, I think I think I think the fish factory one def- would definitely be my worst one. I don't think yeah. Uh, everything else, everything else I've done has seemed pretty good in comparison to that. You know, <laughs> uh, but um, Fair. yeah. Well, those those are my worst. <clears throat> Um, what was the day job that you were doing whilst you were extra ing? Uh, that, that, well, that was what I would say was my best job uh, because my my real day job at the time was I, I was uh, a support worker in children's homes, which I'm oh, always okay. I'm, I'm always slightly embarrassed by that because I always think it, think it makes it sound like I'm a, a saint or anything. So I want I'll just say straight away that yeah, I did that job because it, it paid, and and as soon as I decide to focus on comedy, I just to hell with those kids, you know. I uh, <laughs> no interest. Um, that, to be that, fair, no one ever thought you were a saint. So don't no, worry. no, no, no. I, need, I yeah, <laughs> but I just, I just wanted to clarify. Um, I, I didn't want to sound like I, I was. Uh, I, as I'm saying, my best job was working with children's homes. I didn't want to say because it was. I didn't want you to think I was going to say because it was so fulfilling and rewarding. Because I'm not going to say that. I'm just you know. Uh, uh, it was it, the reason it was good though. The reason it was good is because I was on a temporary contract. 
Um, no, I was on a like a zero hours contract. We, and that's bad. But I, I, supply work, that's what I mean. I was, I was, it was like being a supply teacher, you know, like in, in school where instead of going in one children's home, I just went to various homes whenever someone was sick or whatever, whenever they needed staff, which meant I never really uh, knew any of the kids or knew what I was supposed to be doing, which All meant right. I wasn't trusted with any responsibility. So nice. so whenever, the, whenever anything needed doing, one of the proper staff would just do it. Because it was yeah. easier for them to do than to explain to me what I had to do. So it was a good job because you basically were just there because they legally had to be an adult in the room. <laughs> you know, it quite like being extra work. It, it, the whole job was just physically being there. Yeah. Yeah. So that you know that was good. Um, I mean, like the best the best shifts I got were um, uh, night shifts. Like in, in some homes, they need to be someone awake. At all times, so literally, I just you got there at like ten o'clock at night. Everyone else went to bed, and then I just like watched telly until the following morning, you know. <laughs> and, and and I just had to like walk around the house every like about once an hour to check no one had got up, but no one had, and nothing happened, and it was yeah, you know. And that that was that that's my that's the height of my career ambition to have a job <laughs> where you you just watch some telly and. There's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds ideal. Mm, yeah. What's the, like, because if I was in that situation, I would very much be terrified of the, but what if something does happen? Yeah, oh, well, I, and the thing is, if, if something did happen, there would be, you know, as I say, I was the night, there had to be someone awake, but I wasn't the only staff on site either. So if something yeah. happened, I'd wake up the person. And right. <laughs> deal with this. <laughs> yeah. Get the responsible adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the real yeah. person. I'm just, the, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm just to to let you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, a, like a fire alarm, but just a yeah, 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 person. yeah. That's the that's the whole of what, what my job was, so, or, or or how I saw my job. I don't know if maybe other staff would have felt no, Tom. You're supposed to do some of this, but I, I felt I could just push off all work on other people. And I did, did as little as possible while I was there, and and. Fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, what kind of things should you have been doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the, the, the thing they say, like, I mean, I'm exaggerating slightly. You, you know, you are supposed to like clean and do stuff like that. You know, and um, clean and, and uh, make meals and everything. But you know, if if there's a few staff on site. You know, stuff gets cleaned anyway. You know, the, yeah. you know, there's only so many times you can hoover in one day before it seems a bit silly to do it again. You know, so so when when it's like at a standard, you feel like it's just pointless, busy work to do anything now. So you 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 you, you, you do a bit of cleaning to say you did it, but you know, yeah, I, 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 the, the, the genuine didn't be as much work to do as there were hours in the day, a lot of the time, which is which was good, you know. I think it, I think it's better that way than the other way around, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the one the one day I came where the guy did say, "Can you clean all this and clean this and clean this?" and it suddenly seemed like, "Well, you actually want me to clean for a fair part of my shift?" I felt like it was outrageous that he'd asked me to do work for almost my whole whole time. I'd got so used to not having to do anything, you know. Yeah, 
But, <laughs> he sounds like a real asshole. to be fair. I know, I know. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I bet he ended up working for Hollyoaks and not feeding people. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Possibly. A real cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at what point did comedy start coming into um, all of this? Uh, just before, actually, because uh, I... Um, I went. I, I, I was in. Uh, I was at university in Preston before I did comedy, and I, I sort of wanted to do comedy then, but thought I won't get into it until I finish my degree. It seemed se- sensible. Uh, so then, I, then after my, I, I, the reason I became a sport worker is I did my degree in um, social work, uh, right. um, and the reason I did a degree in social work was because two years before I started my degree. There was like a, a, a big demand for social workers for some reason. There, there weren't as many, so um, they were actually like advertising on television to become a social worker. So yeah. it seemed like a guaranteed job. But this was um, just before uh, the economic crash. So it, you know, as I started my degree, there was a demand for social workers. By the time I finished, uh, they weren't taking on any newly qualified social workers. So. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so as Smashing. as we were all doing our final exams, we we're all thinking, but none of us are getting a job at the end. <laughs> what, what, what is this? Every every year, every job asked for like two years' experience already. So it meant that when when we when we fini- finished, we we weren't qualified for the job we'd all trained for, but what but we're sort of like overqualified for any other job because if you any other job, if you said, uh, you know, if you apply to work uh, like a supermarket or something, but you put on your degree that you're a social worker, they think, oh, well, you'll leave as soon as you get a job as a social worker. So you're sort of like underqualified for the job you trained for and, you know, too qualified for anything else. So um, you, t- you don't know what you're supposed to do. So um, so then I'll, basically, I uh, after I finished my degree, I went back to my parents in Cumbria thinking I'd uh, move to wherever I got a job. Uh, and then what that meant was uh, just applying for jobs all around the country for about a year and just travelling for an interview to just be told that I didn't have the experience that I needed, which they could have got from my CV anyway. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that sort of nonsense. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I, I'd, um, I'd spent like a year uh, just, eat, just stuck in Cumbria again. Well, I say again, that's what I'm, you know... I mean, because that's what I've done this year as well. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just, you know, uh, so I spent a year looking for work and over that year thinking I'll start comedy when I get a, a job and move it to a city. Uh, eventually, after, after about a year, I just thought, I worked out that because I didn't have a car then, I'd be spending like £100 on each uh, job interview, you know, by the time because you get like a train fare, and the job interview would be at nine o'clock in the morning. So yeah, that meant like staying. In a, I'd stay in a hotel the night before. No, now I would yeah. stay in a hostel. But yeah, you know, before you become a comedian, you, you don't get you, you don't <laughs> accept the idea of hostels as, as you do once you do stand up. Um, so yeah. when I was like spending like a hundred quid on a job interview, I thought, well, I could. I'm probably spending as much traveling around the country as I'd be spending on rent if I just lived somewhere else. So it, yeah. it sort of made sense to just move without a job, thinking I'll get a job when I'm there. So that's when yeah. I'm, I moved to Salford, uh, um, and then and then and then started comedy straight away as soon as I got there because I'd been wanting to do it for over a year. Then uh, and then 
just applying for jobs there and eventually got the support working job. Yeah. In children's homes and the extras work because neither job was enough hours for starting. Yeah. But Manchester's a cracking city. Yeah, yeah. To start comedy in, isn't mm, it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I picked but Manchester like... kind of at random, but <laughs> yeah, just because it was a, a city, you know. Um, uh, but I, if I'd known, if I'd more about comedy, Manchester's still the one I would have picked. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because I just think it it's close enough to enough other places mm. that you've got a decent set to choose from, but also there's enough regular stuff. That you don't have to travel either. Mm, yeah, yeah, true, yeah. And uh, what I like about Manchester as well is that, like, um, you know, people, th- there's a ladder to climb. Yeah. Because yeah. people go and watch each other's comedy nights. Whereas in London, mm. you do a bringer gig mm. to a load of other comedians. Bringer gig is where you have to bring someone. Yeah. Using the uh, the terminology of the <laughs> industry, people yeah. might not know. Uh, yeah, like there isn't the same kind of it's there isn't the same ladder that you can climb. As yeah, yeah. Well, just you know? I mean, just the nature of you know, there's the the, the must be fewer comedians in Manchester than are in London. So yeah. and so it, it means it, it takes less time to get to know everyone and yeah. to. And it's easier to stand out, I think, if you're good. Whereas if if you if you're in in London and you are doing gigs every night to nobody, it yeah. sort of it feels like it doesn't matter either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you know, in in uh, you know, in in Manchester, it's easier to sort of get on to proper gigs that have an audience and the the uh, you know. You're not getting paid, but other acts on the bill are. <laughs> so yeah. you know, you know, the 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 a, a proper standard. It's not an open mic gig anymore. It's a sort of semi-pro night. Whereas in London, I feel like you just sort of. I don't know how you make that step up in London. You know, and I, I presume I presume people do somehow, but <laughs> it seems like it's a lot, <laughs> yeah, to, a lot harder to make the impact. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really hard to. And like, for example, just the, I mean, the comedy store. That's the mm. the best example, isn't it? Because in. Uh, London, you have to like suck a thousand dicks to be allowed, <laughs> you know, a space on the gong show that they do and have some bastards yeah. just scream slurs at you. But like, <laughs> you know, I I saw people getting getting on at Manchester Comedy Store and I was like, how do you do this? And I they're like, just email. I just sent them an email and like, yeah, sure, come yeah. <laughs> have yeah. twenty minutes. Why yeah, not? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, but I think that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah. Uh. If you're not shit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, completely. Completely. So. Yeah, if you uh, if you promise not to turn up and tell uh, pedo jokes, <laughs> which isn't always a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what was it? What was it that made you want to do comedy? Um. I think, uh, well, I, I always like wanting to do something like you know creative in 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 some way, you know. Uh, so it's like you know music and like uh, writing and that. Um, and I, I I really want to do music more than comedy for a long time, you know. Like 
I, I was, it's funny that the, the videos I make, a lot of them are like sort of me like singing to like TV theme tunes and that. And it's like, it, it, it seems so unbelievable that I genuinely harbored musical ambitions once, you know, <laughs> the, you know, the, the sort of the crap I do now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, kind of, uh, uh, I play guitar like sincerely, you know, um, uh, I've never found a way to, I've never found a way to try and play guitar sincerely well and funny. So like every, every everything I've always hidden that I could actually play, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I went to do music, but I, I just found music that I had to get into as well a bit like even more so than comedy in London. Their effort to do like one gig of mean and you know carrying the equipment to the <laughs> to the the venue and like be, the idea of being in a band and having to like rely on other people to make the same commitments that you were going to make. And uh, it just seems, it's, it seems such a massive thing that really all I ever did was just, you know, play in my bedroom most of the time or, or like go to like open mic night gigs, you know, which were fun for a while, but then I thought this isn't going to lead to anything. This is just me playing the same gig in Preston every Tuesday. You know, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? um, whereas <laughs> with, with comedy, I, I, I like stay out of a standup because I thought it seemed like the easiest thing to just get, get, get into it, you could just turn up and speak, and that was it, you know. Uh, and I, I'm always surprised by people who, who, who I, I hear people talk about comedy as if it seems like a really hard thing to do, and I always think it seems so easy. You know, I, I, you know it, it, any sense of comedy being difficult at all, I've only, only come from doing comedy myself and, and doing very badly at it. You know, I always thought it, <laughs> it, it, it seemed it seemed the easiest thing in the world to me to just get up and say some things you'd said, you, you see some ideas you'd said. So I just went to do it because it seemed really easy. The easiest, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, um, you know. Did you continue thinking that after your first gig? No, no. <laughs> no, my, my first gig, as I, as I said, because I'd, um, I'd been a, a unemployed and just looking for work for uh, a year. Um, and then I moved to Salford. Uh, and didn't know anyone either. I was just li- it was just me living in this house with. <laughs> I, I, I deliberately I looked on spare room and I deliberately ho- hoped to like find people who'd be like the same age as me, you know, and think yeah. I'd, I'd become mates with them. Obviously, and when I got there, <laughs> even though it was advertised as being like uh, a six-person house where everyone been like twenty to thirty, it was just me and this one guy who was like the 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 brother of the land of the woman who owned the house. He was like fifty odd, and he just like, had been div- just separated from his wife, and he was just like just oh, me and no. him, and he seemed like oh oh oh, oh god, <laughs> I moved, moved to there, and and did my and my first my first gig was at the Frog and Book at the Gong Show night, um, nice. uh, um, and uh, and it, it was it was terrible as well. Like I said, like the because I imagined it being because <laughs> I imagined stand up was being so easy, it felt like. You know, when you watch stand-up on telly, it seems like they can say anything and people laugh hysterically or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just I just thought, I can just say anything and people will laugh hysterically and that'd be fine, you know. So I said the first <laughs> thing I said that, that I thought was funny and it didn't get anything and I hadn't felt nervous at all. I felt completely confident until I felt like the first silence of a joke that didn't work. And then I felt like sick immediately and just wanted to get off the stage. And I just said, God, this is horrible. <laughs> and, and, and then got gonged off. And it, it and it had, and it wasn't like uh, King Gong where they gonged off loads of people. I, I, there'd been like like ten acts on the bill that night, and only two of us got gonged off, and I was one of them. Uh, after having like the previous seven ha- hadn't, uh, and I was I, I was gonged off after like twenty seconds, I think. 
and wow, uh, and it, and I was like, and I was like trying trying to tell myself, yeah, she's fine. It's just like laugh, laugh. <laughs> and then like I'm like, and then feeling like real dread straight after because <laughs> because as I say, I I didn't have a job and I I moved to a city where I didn't know anyone and I didn't and I still hadn't got a job and I was hoping that comedy was going to be the thing I'm good at that's going to yeah. <laughs> pull me out of this hole and it still hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> So that was that was but quite like, a nasty shock. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, very brave to mm, do a gong yeah. show as well, your that first was, gig. That was more from not knowing, really. You know, I'd, <laughs> because there was a, a frog and bucket in Preston as well, where I went to university. I'd gone to Wokstad yeah. once, um, just as a, just after I finished my degree, I, I went to see it, and I, I knew, you know, the compare would say some of the acts are doing for the first time. You know, might yeah. be doing this for the first time. So that was kind of. So immediately I just thought, oh, that's what you do when you start comedy, you do the gong night. You know, like I didn't even know about like open mic gigs or smaller gigs or anywhere. I just sort of thought comedy was the the purpose built comedy company. <laughs> you know, kind of, the, the, every, yeah. I assume like every city had uh, a frog and bucket or a comedy store or something. I didn't really even know about like monthly gigs elsewhere or, you yeah. know, weekly gigs or open mic gigs. Yeah, I thought, I, I just thought the, the, uh, the gong show at the frog and bucket was where you did your first gig. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. It's just everybody gets booed off at their first game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the, the the other thing is, what really bothers about it was every famous comedian I've ever heard talk about how they got into comedy. They all say the same thing, which is that that they'd never really thought about comedy, but someone convinced them to get up once for a laugh, and they did it, and it went quite well. <laughs> Stuck with it. That's yeah. every story. And I'd I'd really had thought about it and planned for it for over a year. And I, got, and I got it, and it went terribly. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I'd never heard a famous comedian with that story. So you know, that, you know. No, I reckon that's bullshit, though. Mm. I reckon every famous comedian who was like, yeah, yeah, smash my first game, yeah, yeah, fucked it real bad. Mm. I reckon it yeah. was an absolute yeah. bloodbath. I reckon they cried on the train home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I reckon they went to Sainsbury's and got a four pack of mm. lager. And like a full size tiramisu, which they ate with their hands on the yeah. train home. <laughs> mm. Quite possible, yeah. I'd like to think no, that was th- more true. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that for certain. Or, or at best, it didn't go as well as they think it did. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people think, yeah, it went quite well, and actually, it didn't. Actually, they enjoyed themselves, and it still went very badly, but they didn't realise. I think. I think. I think a lot. I think every comedian, if they saw like early gigs that they remember well would still be mortified by how bad it was as your, as <laughs> yeah. your standard for yourself gets higher, you know. Because you have nothing to compare it to. No, if exactly. you get yeah. one laugh, that's mm. one more laugh than you've ever got before. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, after I did the Frog and Bugger, I did, I, um, I did, you know, I'd been Googling comedy matches and found like open mic gigs. And there's a night called The Worst Comedy Night in Salford. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of that. That's that's what it's called, uh, and it's deliberately called that as like as like a the standard is so low. <laughs> we're not, you know, in, in in a good way, really. We're not pretending that this is a a pro a pro gig. We're we're saying this is new acts making their first yeah. tentative steps into it. You know, that's uh, good. so I went went to that, and that that was uh, I, I did that gig. Like I think like. Ten of my first twenty gigs were all at that one gig. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was really good for us. 
Uh, but I remember this. It was such a. It was in Manchester. It was unusually bad, but in London, it's probably quite normal. <laughs> it, was, it was like it was like a London yeah. gig in in the north. Um, in that you know, no one was. It was just acts, no audience, and no one was even really listening to the other acts as they were on. Everyone just sitting, thinking about their own stage. So everyone's yeah. just playing to silence, and it's. You know, but I remember my my standard for myself after the frog and bucket was so low that I told myself that I was absolutely fine with no one laughing at anything. That it was just yeah. I was just okay with just standing on stage and talking for five, for five ten minutes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I, I told myself it was fine if nobody was laughing. You know? uh, so and and then and then I'd like if I felt people were like smiling politely, I'd count that as a win. You know, so, <laughs> yes. so I, I, I genuinely think, yeah, that was that was all right. You know, so if Smash I saw that now, <laughs> yeah, if I saw if I could see footage, thankfully it wasn't filmed, but if I could see footage of that now, I'd, I'd you know, I'd find it painful to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if that, um, my first ever gig got filmed and I didn't oh, yeah. have the balls to watch it for like I yeah. bought it, it was like a fiver mm. and they'd film it. It very well filmed. Yeah. Uh the the shooting of it wasn't the issue. Uh, it mm. was more the content of the video. Yeah. Uh which I watched after three years. And I skipped home from that gig like fucking yeah. <laughs> uh Honestly, it is one of the the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and I was like, we'll never speak of this again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I sp- before we go then, uh, best gig, uh, worst gig. Right. Feels apt. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Sorry, I've thrown this on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. My... I'm, I'm, I'm less sure what my, my best gig is. Uh, <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm, I'm quite clear about what my worst gig is. Uh, <laughs> my worst gig, uh, it was in a... It was in... Um, I, I, I always... I, 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 yeah, I, I, I was in a... I, was, I want to keep it kind of vague because yeah. I would like to get booked again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make it a thing. <laughs> but I'll say it was in a, a sort of... A, a touristy town somewhere right. um, where uh, this this wasn't not my gig. This was a, a, a paid gig, you know, uh, yeah. um, uh, that the, the, the audience had were entitled to expect a certain level of professionalism from, you know, yeah. uh, and I felt obliged to deliver. Uh, and this was this was maybe about a. Well, I mean, uh, Maybe about a year before coronavirus, I'm thinking it didn't. It doesn't feel that long ago. Uh, it was, as I say, it was a sort of touristy town where there was a, a a large. There was maybe eighty people there, but there was a large group of about twenty people there who weren't from that town, who were from Huddersfield, who would all come as a group. And I can't remember what they were. I think they were like an ex- exercise group or something, uh, right. or like a, a weight loss group or something. Although I don't remember them all being like the same. Shape physically or anything. I can't think what what they was, what they could have, what they could have been. But they seemed like a group who weren't really friends or family, but but knew each other sort of and had an identity as a group, uh, right. whatever they were. Uh, and uh, and like like any big group at a comedy night, it was one person's idea to go to a comedy night, and yeah. nineteen people people's idea to get very drunk and 
not really want to be the Kami Knight. Um, yeah. So that's bad enough anyway. But what made it worse was that the guy who runs the gig wasn't there, um, which, again, wasn't that, that much of a problem. But the guy who was comparing it, uh, I'd never compared a weekend gig before and, right. <laughs> and was also <laughs> running it. So it was an unusually difficult gig anyway that the act would, wouldn't mind me seeing was not ready for either, you know, <laughs> that, yes. that, no, that, you know, um, <clears throat> that before, before any of us went on stage, we all thought this is going to go badly. Um, and also <laughs> it was, it was the kind of gig where they should really, as I say, it was a paid gig. There should have been like security on staff to yes. remove people if they were that disruptive and they weren't. It was just, uh. it was just, it was just the compare <laughs> on his own trying to run this 80 person gig. It would never, uh, you know, uh, uh, so anyway, so he, he gets up and does, you know, <clears throat> does, does what he can to, um, but you know, people are just op- openly talking over him and uh, it's, uh, and the, the 20 group from Huddersfield are like most of the front as well. So right, the actual, us. so the actual audience are really at the back of the room. Yeah. Uh, so he, he has to start talking with them, and it and, it, and it's and it gradually it, it becomes less funny back and forth, and more really. Can you please be quiet now because you're ruining the gig for the rest of the audience? And they yeah. and the Huddersfield group are like offended that you would ask them to be quiet because you're because they've paid and why, why are you having to go with them? This sort of thing. Yeah. So it, Why it, it, are you getting in the way of their conversation? Yeah, with exactly. Your performance? Exactly. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's oh, it's unpleasant. It's a disaster right, right from the start. But it goes on. The um, then the the first act comes on in the opening, and he, and he does all right. He's like an experienced act. He's okay for this sort of room. And the fact that the um, audience sort of behave for him makes me think that. I do think some audiences have the attitude that the compare isn't really part of the show. Yeah, I think some audiences think he's just the person talking before he brings on the real act, and and yeah. and, and, we'll, and won't talk for a real act when they would talk over the compare. I think some audiences have that attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, the first section's okay by the end, but then in the interval, the audience are more drunk, and as I say, it's people who should have been kicked out after the interview. Interview, interval during the interval are still there. Um, you know, it's more drunk, and during the compare's second section, it really start, just turns into, like, aggressive back and forth. Why won't you leave? <laughs> Why, and, 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 and back and forth. Why won't you fuck off? You know, just, you know, just horrible, horrible, unpleasant, nasty atmosphere that, you know, that isn't, isn't the compare's fault either, really. You know, he's, because because they are such pricks the, in the audience. Um, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, Anyway, so then with that atmosphere, then I'm brought on. <laughs> Not, uh, uh, so, so I, 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 I've set myself up for this, and weirdly, I'm not nervous in in a way that it would because it's. I feel it's so bad now that it's no reflection on me how bad it goes. You know, like <laughs> that's I, good. Like it, it, I feel like I genuinely think it's much worse to do badly in a nice gig than to do badly in a yeah. horrible gig because it's 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 not on you. Then you know. Um, so I, I kind of feel that whatever happens, it's this wasn't my fault. Um, so I come <laughs> on and I'm I'm like really uh, um, uh, like a big uh, like and loud like wave my hands around to like command the room as much as I can. Yeah. 
and ask, uh, and I, I like do my opening joke like really like slowly. I talk too fast the best of times, but like as slowly deliberately as I can. Really selling this joke to like deliver it to the whole room, and because I, I, I because I know that'll sort of work. Everyone, everyone sees when will see what I'm doing, but I also sort of know. Once I've finished the opening joke, then it <laughs> then I've lost interest. <laughs> I, I, I will hold their interest for as long as I can make this first joke last, and then yeah. it'll then it'll go downhill. So I do the first <laughs> joke, and it it, it, it feels the first joke feels like a massive triumph for how yeah. <laughs> unpleasant the room is. But I know it's not going to last. Um, I'm supposed to do twenty. I'd asked the guy before if I could just do fifteen, and he, he said yeah. <laughs> um, so I do it, and I get I get like halfway through my second joke, and then I can hear it loud talking from Huddersfield again. So uh, uh, all I say is um, because I thought like that. Uh, there's like a Bill Burr clip where I think he's in Philadelphia, and he spends the whole set slagging off Philadelphia because the, their audience were there, and the audience love him for that. You know, it's like. They yeah. wanted to be taken a piss out of. So I've I've never seen stand up on telly or YouTube or in real life where an audience didn't love a, a disruptive audience member being put down. You know, I've I've never seen yeah. that if it's done in a in a funny way rather than an aggressive way. You know, yeah. so I, I so I said, um, you know, I've never I've never been to Huddersfield. All, all I said was, and it wasn't even like much of a joke. I said, I've never been to Huddersfield before, but I'm imagining it's quite bleak. You know, that's all I said. Just I, I get a horrible sense of the people from Huddersfield. That's all I said, um, and like that got a laugh. And then, like right in the front row, like really aggressively, a man says to us, "Would you stop going on about Huddersfield?" <laughs> and I, I'm like, I, I'm like so shocked by this. I'm like that I can't even take that as a joke. I just have to like or ignore it. I have to know what he means. How can I possibly be so out of order? From this yeah. one thing I've said in response to all this all night, and and he's and he, he's from Huddersfield as well. Obviously, he's part of this group. Uh, he's just like you're just going on about Huddersfield. What do you want? We just will you just do your material? <laughs> and like <laughs> and I like well and I say well I can't do it if you know people are talking. Just just do it. Just say it, you joke. And I and I and I say like. And I I'm I'm really genuinely staggered because I can't believe that. that other people could interpret this as me in the wrong. Because, like I say, I've never seen this happen before. In all the stuff I've seen, I've never seen an audience, an, an act put down the disruptive audience member and the, and the audience turn on the act for doing so, like like that. Uh, and I'm, yeah. I've, re- I've really taken aback by it. And I, and I don't even care about the gig as much as I care about understanding this man's point of view. And, <laughs> yeah. and, it's, and not, him, not just him either, like the people he's with. I'm in a minority and thinking I was okay. Most, but, you know, it really feels like the whatever the back of the room thought. The, in, the entire front row think it's me who's the prick. So I've just uh, <clears throat> um, <coughs> so I just ask him and uh, and, I, and I say to him, you know, why don't why don't you just leave? And then, why why don't you just leave? You obviously don't, don't want to be here. And he says, we've paid to be here. Why don't you fuck off? You know. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I can't leave because I'm. I'm being paid to be. I, I'm contractually <laughs> obligated to be here. I don't want to be here. You, you know, it, it's like that. It's like that standing joke and a gig feeling like a hostage situation, isn't it? You know. Yeah. But, but I always say, but it's a hostage situation for the act. You know. Yeah. <laughs> the act is the one who can't leave. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, because if you don't do your time, you don't get your money. Exactly. Yeah. So I've, I, I don't want to be there. I make it clear I don't want to be there. And I, uh, and I've just, and I just end up talking to him. Then, uh, then a guy from the audience gets up and gets on stage with me. And you know, by this point, that's, that's always, <laughs> you know, <laughs> never good. Not, nothing good could be happening. This is a gig derailed now when, when this sort of barrier is broken. Um, yeah. uh, but also I've, I've, I've so, I've, I've completely made peace with never not being able to do my act. They're just seeing yeah. anything happen. Mm-hmm. It takes the pressure of me seeing things. Cause I know any, any time I spend doing my materials is going to work. So it's just letting this thing fill time. So a guy yeah. gets up and he says to me, he, he takes the microphone off me. I give it, I give it to him. I don't mind. And he says, right. look, everyone, we've all just come to enjoy our night. Now, I think we could all just appreciate it if we just let him, let the comedian just do his stuff. <laughs> and at the same time, we'd all appreciate it if the comedian could stop making jokes about Huddersfield. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> so it's still like it's, I, like, I don't know if he meant that as like, a, a diplomatic thing that you know, if we both compromise, or 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 if he meant that he also thought that I was being a bit out of order from the one <laughs> thing I said. So he says there and like, uh, and then gives the microphone back to us. Gets off the stage. <laughs> I think, okay, no, that's kind of him. It, it, it's, it's 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 resolved now. So <laughs> then I then I I must just finish do some material, knowing knowing it won't work at all, uh, and yeah. uh, like as soon as it. As soon as it gets to fifteen, I, I start like saying, "Right, I've got like ten seconds left. Ten, nine, eight, <laughs> and then leaving the stage as soon as I get off." And so uh, it's a gig where you have to walk like through the audience to get back to the, the gig. Uh... Um, and I remember I give like a high five to someone at the back of the room. <laughs> you know, so, like, so like beyond the horrible people at the front, there were people in the room who felt sorry for me and thought that and got that it wasn't my fault. You know, and That's you know, good. so it wasn't. And then. So that was the set done, and then it was interval again, and then I can't. And then I started talking to the people that I'd been arguing with during my set. I didn't go up to them, but they, I like made eye contact with them, and they, you know, and it, from from going like quite hostile to like, can I just give you some feedback? You know, so I think, uh, I'm like, yeah, can I just give you some feedback as well? <laughs> so like, uh, but also, I thought I needed to know what it was, and you know, like, uh, uh, sort of make sense of the situation. And what I've, what I've thought on balance was, uh, even though that there were people in Huddersfield who absolutely were pricks and were disruptive, there were also people in Huddersfield who weren't, to be fair. You yeah. Know, there, it wasn't everyone in the group was a prick. Um, so I, I and I, uh, I, me, the comp, me and the comp, I both sort of acted as if it was. Right, but so that was that was my <laughs> one lesson, the one. But I, but I still think I could have said to him that did he not appreciate that it made it really hard for me to have any gig at all once you aggressively told me to fuck off, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like it was really, you know, that I, you know, it's very hard to tell a joke to someone who's glaring at you in hatred. <laughs> you know, there isn't anything that's that funny that you you can't make someone laugh, you know. You know, no. even though you're, as, I mean, you're supposed to make people laugh, they have to want to laugh as well. You can't make. If someone's yeah. determined that they're not going to, they're not. You, there's nothing you can do. So that was, does, that was. That was the. Seems to be a bloke, doesn't it? it all of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like 
no, they're not going to make me laugh. And mm. I said, like, why have you paid money to yeah. come to yeah. not have a nice time? Mm. Very true, yeah. Stay at yeah. home. Yeah. Oh, I will say, there was a... There was a I, I remember this, one of the most disruptive women, people who was a woman, uh, 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 and uh, she got up during the compare set to tell a joke as well. I can remember that, oh, like, okay. you know, someone like that. Uh, uh, but she she got up, and then I... Um, I can't. I can't remember what else she said, but she was one of the more louder and disruptive. The 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 more like you can't make me laugh. Hostile people were men, but she was sort of like, I'm funny than the comedians disruptive. Uh, you know, like that. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh but uh, but after I got up, there was a one of the men from Huddersfield came over, and he was like, "Don't judge me by the standards of them." You know, I thought you were really funny. He was, you know, he was like, like, Aww. like, like. Not in a, not in a. He actually thought I was funny. Way in a, it, it, he was embarrassed by the people he was with, and was wanting yeah. to be supportive and nice, but like, and was also quite drunk as well, and was you know like right. standing too close to me, like patters on the shoulder, like really supportively, like okay, mate, thanks, oh. but like you know, I'm, I'm, you know, but like I thought you were really good. You were really great for you. Get up and like that, get a bottle for you. Don't don't listen to them. They were they were pricks. I'm embarrassed by them, right? And then, and then. And then I swear this is true. Uh, uh, the woman, the woman who I said had been most disruptive, walked past, and then he said, "Tracy, come on!" And then he says to me, "That's my wife." <laughs> <laughs> so, like the man, the man who was most embarrassed was married to the most disruptive woman. So oh, I, I promise that that detail is true. So that's um, <laughs> and that she was called Tracy as well, which you know it just seems like. <laughs> so that um, uh, oh, so that, that, that yes, that was my worst gig. That. Uh, by some, by some margin, yeah. But, yeah, know. I mean, it, it sounds bad. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, unplayable. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say. I, afterwards, afterwards, the security did finally leave, make some of the people leave. And the confess said that he'd been speaking to the audience and apologising to them. And some of the audience had said, and had said, now that they've left, would the sec, would the, would the, Second guy get up again and finally do some oh. material. <laughs> and I said thanks. I said to the compare, "That's nice, the vast, but I think we both know that no, I shouldn't do that. There's no way I could say anything that would still seem funny enough, given what's happened." No. Yeah, so I just said, "Tell him I had to leave." <laughs> Tell him that. But we can I, see him. I did. He's I did never. I did never train to catch, but let's just say that I did, and I'm leaving right now. So I, I, I would have liked to have stayed to watch what the headliner did, just to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. Although, even if he, it, that's that would be kind of upsetting either way. Because if, <laughs> if he did well, that would have been more frustrating for me. But I, 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 yeah. I didn't see. I, I imagine he probably did better with people leaving, and the, 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 they'll have hopefully been a, a, a more determination for the rest of the night to go well after <laughs> after it had gone so badly so far. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, you'd hope so. Mm. So, uh, best gig. Best gig. <laughs> trying to end on a high. <laughs> I'm trying to think. A- a- anything else seems great by comparison. Um, All the ones where I didn't get called a cunt by a stranger. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, best gig is probably just an Edinburgh show. You know. Yeah. But but they also they Edinburgh show sort of blur together. You know because it's the same room yeah. every time. So just one of them. I don't know. <laughs> my my last Edinburgh show, I was pleased with the guy. You know. Uh, because I had I, 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 a year before where I was in a, a crap venue in the middle of nowhere and I really struggled to get an audience every day. 
So I, I had a better venue last year and I just had a few where the room was full and stuff worked, you know. <laughs> so, that, you know, that that was probably the best, you know. Winning combination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A- audience uh, and jokes that work. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's, Dream. That's it, you know. <laughs> that's as good as it oh. gets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think this has been our time. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for being a guest. Happy New Year. Yes. Uh, uh, Tim, yeah, but this one be better than the bin fire uh, <laughs> that was 2020. We'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you got anything that you would like to plug? Uh, yeah, uh, as I say, I make like uh, stupid videos uh, o- online, so uh, more, uh, mainly on Twitter. So my, if people could follow me on Twitter, that's at this is Tom Little. I really, really appreciate that. Um, and if they're not on Twitter, I put most of my videos on my YouTube channel as well. So that's uh, youtube.com slash Tom Little. So if you could subscribe to that, that would help. Yeah, but like and algorithms very and stuff. good videos. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug a thing. I never do. I was never at and I just completely <laughs> forget to, to do my things. But yep. I, uh, I'm i doing a show at Leicester Comedy Festival, of which you are. Yes, I, I, I should plug that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go on, what's <laughs> your show? Uh... I can't even remember what I've called it. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I, I think I, I decided to do it like a day before I had to do, I had the deadline. So I don't know what I've called it, but um, it's the, I'm on Valentine's Day, I think. So. Oh, nice. Fourteenth of February. So, yeah, which I believe is a Sunday. Yes. So, please come and see me at that. If you. Yes. You can. And yeah, what, what's your call, Kathy? If you just type your name into the website. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be. I'll be if you follow me on Twitter, as I hope you do, then you'll I'll surely plug it in the lead up to Leicester as well. Yeah, I'll mention it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm doing a split bill with my friend Hassan, uh, cool. who does musical comedy. Uh, yeah, he's very good. Uh, we we did we did it, and then uh, he he started a family, uh, and suddenly doesn't oh. want to go <laughs> go doing a show <laughs> with me. Um, but hell. now that now that now that some people. The, yeah, the child isn't quite so dependent. Uh, it doesn't need to be looked at all the time now. Um, mm. So we're doing one. It's called uh, Hass and Cats uh, because, again, uh, we also submitted our show the day before the deadline. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we are uh, on the 6th of February at The Cookie, but also it's being streamed online uh, on Next Up. So you don't even have to go to Leicester <laughs> to watch it. Um, I think mine might be streamed as online as well in somewhere. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I need to find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are. So yeah, do that. Yeah. Uh, you can't even use I don't live in Leicester as an excuse yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, smashing. Well, thank you uh, for being a guest. Take care. Au revoir. Bye. Thank you, Catherine.